Welcome to Talos Takes, the quick take podcast where our researchers break down this week's hot topic in cybersecurity for everyone from the C-suite to the front lines. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Talos Takes Work From Home Edition. Uh, today, I am joined by a first-time guest, Craig Williams. Uh, if you guys listen to Beers with Talos, you'll obviously be familiar with Craig already. Thanks for coming on, Craig. No worries. Glad to be here. So today, we're going to talk about uh, basically the security con- the security concerns that come with uh, having your, your children... Uh, attend school remotely. So obviously with the pandemic, it's not safe for a lot of students to be in classrooms right now. And schools are cobbling together plans to learn remotely, whether that be, you know, via online services or different uh, submission platforms for their assignments. And there's all sorts of variables to go into this. And as someone who doesn't have any kids, I figured I should have someone on who does have kids and is actually dealing with this. Um, so Craig, you just kind of start out by talking to us about what your personal experience has been with this transition. What are the things that you've seen at at home with your kids? Well, you know, I think the worst one is the fact that we shoved all these teachers into a position where they're supposed to be experts and they didn't receive any prior training. You know, I, I know a lot of teachers personally, and I can tell you with certainty that they taught over these tools for a week before they received training. Uh, and, you know, obviously that's going to be problematic and that's going to end up with the children becoming frustrated. Now, you know, the real risks here come from basically everyone not knowing what's normal, right? They don't know if they should install a plugin. They don't know what a meeting link looks like. They don't know how to give permissions correctly. And so you end up with teachers and students deciding that, well, I'll just click allow all. Well, I'll just keep clicking OK until it works, which from a learning perspective, that will make it work. And it does make the meeting work and they can get their assignment in. But from a security standpoint, it's reasonably terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, when you look at the software, right, even if you go for an out of the box lockdown solution, right? And I know a lot of people don't have the money to do that or it's not feasible. um, But even if you go for like, let's say you have all the options available and you decide to get a Chromebook or an iPad, right? Some of the most secure devices out there, presumably pretty locked down by default and limited but for most students, they work. You know, your student is still going to get prompted for things like, do you want to allow this web browser to have this site access the camera or access the microphone? And they're never really instructed, in my experience, on when to say yes and when to say no, or even if they should expect that prompt. And so, unfortunately, we're teaching, this, we're teaching the students and the teachers to just click accept all the time and allow it and allow it and allow it and allow it. And that's a really bad habit, and that's going to be a really hard habit to break. And for these online uh, meetings that that folks are having now, uh, what are some tips that we can give them to keep those meetings secure and safe? You know, there's the stories that make the news all the time about somebody crashes an online meeting and displays something inappropriate or says something inappropriate. You know, what are some ways to keep those classrooms secure to make sure that only uh, the students who are supposed to be in there can get in there? Well, that's a great question. You know, obviously it's difficult and there's not necessarily a one size fits all for every type of conference software, but I think there are some good guidelines, right? The first one is make sure you use a different password for every meeting. And so that way, if one does leak out or if a student does have their account compromised and somebody gets a copy of it, it won't affect more than one meeting. 
And the second one is if you can, try and lock it down to only the user IDs who should be able to join the meeting. So in other words, require the accounts to match who was invited to the invite. You know, a lot of times teachers won't know how to secure the environment. And so they'll set up an invite that anyone can join or they'll set up one with no password or they'll use something like password one or just password because they had to have one but didn't take the time to understand why. And that's where you can really run into issues. So I think really the solution here is to make sure the teachers get the training to understand how to secure the meeting software that they're using and they're comfortable enough to do that for every single meeting. Mm-hmm. And what, what, what about things like parental controls or um, you know, certain settings on web browsers that you can set to you know, keep your kids from only visiting certain sites during certain hours of the day? Are there any tools like that that you're finding helpful? You know, that is one of the hardest problems, right? Um, I, I don't know about everyone else, but it might be the case that one of my children goes to YouTube for school and then ends up watching their favorite cartoon show. You know, I think I think everybody's kid does this. Um, and more problematically, they can end up on a relatively benign video and then being served an ad that perhaps isn't appropriate for children. You know, I had a neighbor uh, tell me that their kid was watching a video for school and it was a video that was ad supported by the content creator and they came out singing songs with lyrics that they shouldn't have known about. <laughs> Now, there's not, there's not a great solution there again. And so I've kind of turned to a hybrid approach. I started using DNS filtering to block out sites that they shouldn't have access to, right? And so things like adult content, gambling, uh, advertisement sites that I don't think are appropriate. Now, I'm fortunate because I have access to Meraki gear and I can go in and set it all pretty granularly. But even if you don't, you can go to your router at home and set in the you know, uh, OpenDNS, for example, is one of our free services. You can put in that. Uh, other providers offer similar tools. And what that will do is when someone behind your router looks up an IP address that resolves to a site that maybe isn't kid-friendly, it won't allow them to go there. It won't resolve in the correct site. Um, so if you can combine that with the basic parental controls on the device, which, you know, obviously iPad and Chromebooks all provide lots of fun options you need to take the time to go into and understand, it will help. Now, I, I want to stress this here. You've got to do what you can because you will not be able to block everything for your children. <clears throat> Unfortunately, the Internet's just got too many things on it hidden away. It's too hard to look at everything. Just no one can do a 100% job. So you've got to take uh, what you can with the resources you have available. So that's DNS filtering, uh, the ability of the operating system on the device to lock down, and just do the best you can to block what you can. All right. Well, thank you very much for for coming on, Craig, and sharing your parental and security expertise with us. Uh, Is there any other parting knowledge that you have that we didn't cover already? I think the most important thing is to make sure you set everything on your kid's computer to auto-update. If you don't have time to patch, rest assured it won't hit your kid's priority list before you turn them loose on the internet, which, again, since you're not sitting next to them, that's what you're doing. You need to make sure that web browser is patched. You need to make sure all the plugins are updated. You need to make sure Chrome or Safari is updated. And then maybe sit down and go through with them what those prompts are to access the microphone and video and what sites it's appropriate to say okay and what sites it's appropriate to say no. I think those settings are really confusing for children and even a lot of adults. And with a little bit of coaching, they can get to that solution pretty easily. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Craig, for coming on. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you again in the future. 
Thank you. <laughs>